0: Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so, allow your inheritance, in the name of the blood of the covenant, to be lifted to heights higher than us, and to break all burden and sin that binds us. In the name of Jesus Christ, may in this place be cursed, as before, all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, stagnancy, all of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people, and stand, Lord, on the place of Your rest, You and the ark of Your greatness. And may Your saints be clothed in Your salvation, and may they rejoice before Your countenance. Give us more from Your Spirit, fill us with Your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find Your holy countenance. We thank You that this service is presented by Apostle Arcadi into Your Divine arms, and we ask You to continue to guide it with Your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed and you may be seated.
1: The
0: Book of Ephesians 4,
2: 22-24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness. And so the theme of the sermon is the right to the power or the right to the anointing of the Holy Spirit to put off your former way of life so that you can clothe your body into a new way of life. Without the Holy Spirit and without His anointing, it is not possible to put off anything, and it's not possible to put on anything because everything needs to happen legitimately the stronghold of death within our body is upon legitimate ways because of our forefather Adam we are sold to the devil and he has the legitimate right to this land our body and so to take it back we need to use our newborn spirit give him the legitimate right to put off our former way of life the old man this forcer and this enemy so that we can clothe their bodies into a new way of life and to fulfill this decree and commandment written in the book of apostle paul and presented to us in the series of sermons of apostle arkadi we need to put three destiny impacting commanding and fundamental acts into practice put off be renewed and put on fulfilling these three destiny impacting commanding and fundamental requirements will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath or more specifically will our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a seed this is the salvation given to us in the format of a seed what kind of seed? the kind that identifies the the deposit of our justification in the given to us salvation what do we need to do with this seed? we need to turn the three above mentioned acts to put off, be renewed, and put on, them into profit. And we need to turn it and turn it to profit us within the death of our Lord Jesus. And why? So that our salvation can become our possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness, and if I don't do this, then we will forever lose the justification that is given to us in the format of a deposit. Relevant to this, we stop to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, which reveals the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. And as we know, getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David, consisting of the eight names of God, allowed David uh, to love and call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so that he can be saved from his enemies. And God getting to know and confessing the truth that opens the power of his names, Within the heart of David provided God with legitimate uh, foundation that he needs to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in battle against the enemies of David. We need to love the Lord through his word and in his word and using this word we call upon him and then the Lord can then activate the power of his names in our life. Here's how David did this, Psalm 18, 1 through 4. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Let us together proclaim these eight names of the Lord. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge, Lord, you are my shield, Lord, you are the horn of my salvation, and Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear these words, and may he establish them in our heart, and may he make us worthy of this confession, and make us grounded and immovable in hope and faith in Jesus Christ. In a specific format, as much as the Lord has allowed, and according to the measure of our faith, we already looked at our inherited lot in the qualities and promises contained in the strength of God Most High. Lord, you are my strength. Therefore, we will immediately uh, continue studying our lot, studying the qualities contained in the name of God, rock, which in its inner essence, its unearthly quality, is inherent to the nature of our Heavenly Father and is beyond the comprehension of the typical human mind of a man. In scripture, the identification of the word rock in regard to the natural quality of God Most High is illustrated with the following coloring tints: Rock is resistant, strong, healthy, wise, tested, rooted, well-established, immovable, continuous, non-diminishing, constant, fearless, non-penetrating, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And here is how the quality of the word rock, when it comes to the name of God Most High, identifies itself in scripture. Rock is stone, cliff, heaviness, weights, weight, and scales. And so if we don't have these qualities, these components, then we will not have, uh, then, the qualities of a rock within ourselves, the essence of this rock in ourselves. Stone, cliff, heaviness, weight, weights, and scales. We need to have these so that we may be durable, uh, healthy, wise, rooted, established, filled with the Holy Spirit, people that are led by the Holy Spirit. We need to collaborate with the name of God, Rock. And all always begins with the existing name. And once we have this existing name, we need to see how you apply the name. And the Lord reveals his verbs and we see how they work in our life. And so the existing word rock, the name of God, rock, as for example in the Bible there are symbols of lions. A lion is in the form of Christ and it also is in the form of the devil in different places. And so if you look at specific words, uh, names, they can apply differently depending on the places of scripture. So you need to know how you apply them. As with the uh, word, also love, uh, love can be in a tolerant form, as we know. I'm filled inside with love. I feel it. You may hear someone say this, and another will describe his form of love. And you need to determine, uh, based on the essence of the definition or how they define it, uh, who is speaking the truth or which one is correct. And so, as while we don't yet know uh... the definition or when the lord hasn't revealed uh... through the words of the father jesus revealing the words of the father uh... if he doesn't reveal it we won't know the true essence of whatever it is uh... because the devil will speak and he deceives and so rock again is one that is tested it's established And it is written that the one who believes in him will not be ashamed for us to uh use these verbs of God we say, Lord, I will not be ashamed. Therefore the power of the name of God rock contains the ability of the Most High to judge or weigh upon the scale plates of his justice all that is created by him, to punish or reward each one according to their weight. Therefore, to possess the power of the Most High contained in the rock of His name is to possess the authority and right to judge both yourself as well as those people who are under our responsibility to judge within the parameters of the commandments and statutes of the Lord, or to weigh your words and your actions upon the scale plates of justice of the Most High as well as the words and actions of people that are under our responsibility. where the name of God Rock shows itself or demonstrates itself in in these actions, and so as we know, within when you gird yourself, that you, when you carry your weights, because people carry weights, uh, that they not be two different weights within you, two different uh, different uh, weights inside. It needs to be uh, equal. It needs to be balanced. It needs to be the same. And so people who have different weights, this person is an abomination before the Lord, because it's he is an unfair individual. And so anyone who inclines there, uh, who who does not incline his ear to understanding, his prayer is an abomination. Why? Because he has turned away from hearing the the law. He does not have the proper weights. He judges how he uh, thinks it's right or or correct. as when there was no judge in Israel, people judged how they thought was correct or appropriate. And so when you hear in certain churches where everyone's giving their own opinion, they all are evaluating, they're both giving their own opinion on what is right and what is wrong, they're judging according to their own opinions and not according to the truth. but we have a church we have a pastor we have the truth and this truth is presented in his word written word and uh, uh, various other opinions or thoughts or uh, outlooks are not relevant and so how important it is for us to continually refresh in our mind uh, what we are what we have been taught and instructed If we forget the person whom who has taught us, then this place will definitely not continue to stay as it is.
1: And so,
2: as we talked about the power of the name of God, rock contains the ability to of the Most High to judge or weigh upon the scale plates of of His justice, all that is created by Him, to punish or reward each one according to their weight, and so to master and clothe yourself into the unearthly quality of a rock contained in the name of God Most High, which quenches our hunger and thirst, and brings us to power over our calling, it is necessary for us to study for classical questions. What in essence is His name, Rock, consisting in the name of God Most High? Second, what purpose in our prayers is the quality of His name, Rock, called to fulfill obtained by us in the power of the rock of the name of god most high third what price do we need to pay to be clothed into the quality of his name rock contained in the rock of his name and fourth by what results do we need to judge that we truly possess the virtue of his name rock consisting in the power of the rock of his name or the rock of the name of god most high in a specific format we already looked at or studied the first two questions and are studying the third question and this is uh, the price what price do we need to pay to possess the right to clothe our spirit into the virtue of the rock of the lord so that god can receive the legitimate grounds that he needs to keep us in his perfect peace as it is written you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you isaiah 26 3. And we looked at specific conditions, the price of specific conditions, and will then begin studying the fourth. The price of the first condition for the right to possess the quality of the rock of the Lord in our spirit consists in planting yourself in the house of the Lord. Psalm 92, 13 15. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. And so being fresh and flourishing is necessary to have the ability to declare that the Lord is our rock and there's no unrighteousness in Him. Although our body and our state may may uh, show different or even be telling you something different, but when we're confessing this, and even if we're in old age but we're confessing this, then the scriptures call such a person as fresh and flourishing. We have decided to look at the rock, uh, the quality of God as a rock in His places of Scripture. He has put His qualities, his, His characteristics in Scripture. And we will not be able to demonstrate the same qualities of a rock if we don't study them in Scripture or understand them according to Scripture, so that we can then proclaim them. All of His characteristics he has put into His truth, His word. He passed it on to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit uh, says, "said that I need the earth the, into which I can sow." And so, for the seed that we receive for it to become fruit, the ground into which we sow the seed is Jesus Christ so that we with our corrupt body can receive the resurrection of christ in our body he came for our sake and died for us so that he can take this corruption at uh, this decay and give us immortality when he puts his seed into the imperishable soil where it can grow the price of the second condition for the right to possess the quality of the rock of the lord in your spirit is demonstrating mercy towards ver- vessels of mercy. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. And so, of course, uh, the good man is Jesus Christ and the new person who is in our within our essence, within our body, the new person. The price of the third condition for the right to possess the quality of the rock of the Lord in your spirit is to walk in the ways of the Lord. First Kings 11:38 Then it shall be if you heed all that I command you walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight to keep my statutes and my commandments as my servant David did then I will be with you and build for you an enduring house as I built for David and will give Israel to you And now the fourth uh, the price of the fourth condition for the right to possess the quality of the rock of the Lord in your spirit is to put on the all armor of god and this is what we will study today in more detail the all armor of god this is of course the words that are written for warriors and we are those warriors and so we need to be clothed into this all armor of god as warriors in prayer and as we study this armor we will see the relationship we have with the word of god and the word of Go- and the relationship of the word with us because we need to receive it as the all armor of god and so how our spirit soul and body needs to regard this word and work with it collaborate with this word and our mouth as well that typically always ruins everything because a warrior in prayer is a person who has been clothed into the all armor of God, and he has to have the right relationship with the word of God. His spirit, soul, and his body, his words, need to confess only the faith of God. Ephesians 6, 11 through 19, or through 20, 11 through 20. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against Above all, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so the word of God, the whole armor of God, which we are supposed to accept and which we need to be put ourselves or clothe ourselves into is called to identify the essence of the rock of our spirit so that we can provide God with legitimate grounds to keep us in his perfect peace. Isaiah twenty six three, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Upon practice the all armor of God with which we are called to stand against the wiles of the devil are the scale plates of righteousness with exact weights which we use to weigh ourselves upon the scale plates of the righteousness of the most high. There is a big difference between us weighing ourselves upon the scale plates of righteousness because of the quality of the rock of our spirit and when God weighs us when God himself weighs us upon these very same scale plates of righteousness. When we weigh ourselves upon the scale plates of righteousness, we demonstrate humbleness in obeying the commandments of the Lord. However, when God weighs us upon the scale plates of, the, of righteousness, then He humbles us, trampling upon the arrogance or pride of our fleshly mind. Looking at the given commands, we see how important it is to weigh ourselves, not others, but ourselves. And doing so, we demonstrate humility, and we obey his commandments. And if we don't do this, then the Lord begins to, using his word, he begins to weigh us. And here he begins to trample upon our arrogance and pride of our mind to humble us, so so that he can somehow save us, to turn us away from the work of lawlessness, from death, from destruction, when he begins to weigh us, and when he weighs us, he begins to humble us. Of course, the Lord prefers that we weigh ourselves, we weigh ourselves so that he doesn't have to do this. And we do this coming to the church every time we hear the word of God. We examine ourselves and we weigh ourselves in accordance to the word that we hear. And if we don't do this, of course, then as we know, the Lord will humble us and weigh us with his word. And it will harm, hurt us. And so we need to do this ourselves. And so there's a measure for the Holy Scriptures, and the measure of the Holy Scriptures... For the High Priest and the priests that came into the Temple, they needed to have myrrh with them, and it needed to be fifty shekels worth of myrrh. This is a product that is produced from the tree, and if the product is not produced from the tree... If it doesn't, then it will need to be cut so that it begins to uh, pour or from the tree. But in order to be able to anoint people that come into His presence, He wants murder that is self-produced. You need to produce yourself, weigh yourself, and examine yourself according to Scripture, and not have to have God do this. As you, we know, David says, "May the Righteous, correct me. This will be an oil for me, a great uh, and a gladness. He talks about this in, in Psalms. Uh, and so, when we, in the example that we mentioned of the myrrh, when we produce pr- produce it ourselves, um, then we are demonstrating this humility. Uh, and we we produce it ourselves when we apply the Word of God, not toward anyone else, or for anyone else, but only toward ourselves. Looking at the given commands to conclude, or we conclude, that if we do not receive the all-armor of God, then we will not have any ability to withstand in the evil day against the wiles of the devil. And to provide a clear and exhaustive definition to the all-armor of God and its practical application against the wiles of the devil, it is necessary for us to answer the following questions. First. By what criteria do we determine the evil day, so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil, and, having done all, to stand? Second, by what criteria do we identify the wiles of the devil, which we are called to stand against with the all-armor of God? Third, what is armor in the form of the belt of truth, and how are we called to utilize the armor of the belt of truth in the evil day against the wiles of the devil? Fourth, what is armor in the form of the breastplate of righteousness? And in what way are we called to utilize the armor of the breastplate of righteousness in the evil day against the wiles of the devil? Fifth, what is armor in the form of shoes on our feet? And in what way are we called to utilize the armor of shoes on our feet in the evil day against the wiles of the devil? Sixth, what is armor in the form of the shield of faith? And in what way are we called to utilize the armor of the shield of faith in the evil day against the wiles of the devil? 7th. What is armor in the form of helmet the helmet of salvation, and in what way are we called to utilize the armor of the helmet of salvation in the evil day against the wiles of the devil? 8th. What is armor in the form of the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and in what way are we called to utilize this armor of the sword of the spirit in the evil day against the walls of the devil and final ninth what is armor in the form of speaking in tongues and in what way are we to utilize the armor of speaking in tongues in the evil day against the walls of the devil this is what we will focus on today only by receiving the right answers which reveal themselves in the revelations of the Holy Spirit, who reveals the truth of Scripture within our heart, we will then be able to determine the specific price which we are called to pay so that we become possessors of a strong spirit. We will look to the first question, by what criteria do we determine the evil day so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil and, having done all, to stand? what is the evil day when will it come upon us this is a time when god gives satan the right to sift us as wheat for the purpose of testing our faith in the furnace of suffering and humiliation that in this way he can establish us in faith luke twenty two thirty one thirty two and the lord said simon simon indeed satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail and when you have returned to me strengthen your brethren Luke 22 31 32 what does it mean that Satan had asked for you that he may sift you as wheat the devil only speaks to God in God's language and the terms that God speaks so that it's understandable he asked for him And so he's saying, fulfill your words, uh, sift them as wheat or sow them as wheat, and see what happens. And so that's what he's saying, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. And the Lord said, I know these people, go ahead and sift them, sow them. Sifting wheat or sowing wheat is a guarantee or deposit of salvation turned to profit. Which always occurs with tears, and so sowing is when the salvation we received as a guarantee, as a justific- form of justification, we can then uh, convert it into fruit, and this always occurs with tears, not tears of self-pity, but other other tears. Psalm 126, 5 6. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Why did Satan ask that they be sifted as wheat? Is the devil truly interested that the salvation received in the form of a seed, that it would become fruit? no he's not interested in this he knows people he knows that as soon as the seed falls by the wayside someone will step upon it if it's fallen into stony places it will be gone or burned or thrown into or sown into a thorny area it'll be choked and so the devil was asking God to go ahead and do the work that he was saying, because Satan does not believe that we are able to turn the guarantee or our deposit of our salvation so that it can profit us. Therefore just like in the case of Job, Satan debated, or he deba- debates our justification before God, which isn't yet established by fruit received as a profit from our deposit, turned to profit in the format of a seed. From the format of a seed, and so why does the devil not believe? He debates this. He doesn't agree with it. He proclaim We proclaim the non-existent as existent, and the devil uh, always questions this before God. He debates it. Our justification, our salvation, is not yet established. And when we receive salvation freely by the gift of grace, the, these are the earnings of Christ. We receive it in the format of a seed. And so the fruit that was produced from which the seed came is Jesus. And from there a seed was given. And this seed I plant into the death of the Lord Jesus. And it needs to produce fruit. And this fruit that is produced will be the establishing of us. But while the salvation is still in the format of a seed, the devil debates it and with God and questions it before God. Let's see what happened with Job, Job 2, 1 through 7. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. There was silence, and Satan was before the Lord quietly uh, as everyone else, because you can't speak before a monarch. And the Lord said to Satan, from where did you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and from on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. And so he says he he had walked this entire body where the law of sin and death exists. It, this entire body I've walked. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? The name Job or Methuselah, these are who battle with with death, with the element of death. They battle with it, they drive it away. And so when he had walked the whole earth, the whole body, Satan in the form of the old man, uh, the Lord says, Have you considered my servant Job, who fights with death? He battles with death, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil, and still he holds fast to his integrity although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yes, all that a man has he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, but spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. And so how foolish you have to be. And what foolishness he, he, he struck the body. Because it says in scripture, do not fear those who affect the body or who can harm the body. And the devil uh, wanted to, to uh, strike his body, wanted to hurt him. And <clears throat> But when we have a renewed mind, our soul, we now, with our uh, legitimate spirit, with our renewed mind, we proclaim the truth, the promises and by proclaiming the promises he began to drive away death push out death from within his body because job said with my own eyes will I see the salvation I will see God in my own body I will see with my own eyes my salvation and so when we have a righteous heart a renewed mind a meek tongue or a gentle tongue then victory will be behind us and so this is the evil day the day When the salvation we received in the format of a seed needs to be produced into fruit, from seed to fruit, uh, the evil day, uh, you have to experience or pass through the evil day to be able to produce the fruit from the seed. And so again, the evil day is the husband so that the salvation in the format of a seed will not be lost in the death of the Lord Jesus. The evil day, the resurrection can then come in the fruits of the tree of life. Second question, by what criteria do we identify the wiles of the devil, which we are called to stand against with the all armor of God? What are wiles? Wiles are secretive, Evil and devious thoughts targeting someone. And so secretive, evil, and devious thoughts targeting someone. Wiles of the devil consist in him using his emissaries together with epaulets of pseudo generals of God to offer us his own scale plates <clears throat> and his own weights that in appearance look no different from the scale plates and weights of the Most High. However, the weight measure does not match or correspond to the weight measure of the commandments of the Lord. And the reason is because they will be made of a profane to God material, which are the commandments of man. And so, outwardly, it appears to be right, but the weight is different. The commandments of God have one weight, the commandment of, of and so God and man, they're, they differ in weight, Isaiah 8.20. To the law and to the testimonies, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. (coughs) It's not possible to receive and to use the all armor of God in battle against the wiles of the devil when this armor is in the format of not benefiting our heart slogans, which we are not able to clearly and exhaustively identify or practically apply in our own life. Again, they're presented to us in the format of attractive slogans that have no meaning, that have no weight, have no benefit to our heart. The wiles of the devil called to examine our faith will come about from our believing relatives, from close friends who believe. These are people we trust with our deepest secrets, and these are people we never expect to lie or betray us. Psalm 38, 11 through 15 my loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague and my relatives stand afar off those also who seek my life lay snares for me those who seek my hurt speak of destruction and plan deception all the day long but I like a deaf man do not hear and I am like a mute who does not open his mouth thus I am like a man who does not hear and in whose mouth is no response, for in you, O Lord, I hope you will hear, O Lord, <clears throat> my God. Psalm 38, 11 through 15. <clears throat> and so this, this is sometimes the best response. I was as the mute and the deaf, one who couldn't hear, one who isn't able to speak. And so, again, these wiles of the devil (coughs) called to examine us, again, will come from people we know, relatives, friends, and also other attacks. The wiles of the devil come from the emissaries of Satan, from the lawless and the unclean. This will also come from those that are close to us but are carnal. They are the best instrument also in the hands of the deceiver to hurt us. And as the David says in the psalm, my loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my relatives stand afar away, or far off from me. And so when someone curses you, and you as deaf, and you are just as you are mute and deaf, this is the best sermon, this is the best response. And just as if you remember with uh, Pilate and Jesus, Jesus uh, Pilate told him, I have the power to set you free or to put you to death. And Jesus uh, w- kept quiet in front of him. Third question, what is armor in the form of the belt of truth? And how are we called to utilize this armor of the belt of truth? in the evil day against the wiles of the devil. The belt of truth is a symbol of good thinking where the reasonable aspect of our soul is placed in voluntary dependence of the reasonable aspect of our new person who is vigilant and meditates about the preached word of truth. 1 Peter through 21 Therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the everlasting of Jesus Christ as obedient children not conforming yourself to the former lusts as in your ignorance but as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written be holy for I am holy and if you call on the father who without partiality judges according to each one according to each one's work conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed has foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. The symbol of our mind or our mind or our thoughts We are to gird ourselves with with truth, so our mind, or our thoughts, identify what we seek, the goal we strive toward, and also the element or the object of our worship. And so, this is how we determine whether we have this belt of truth. We're girding ourselves with truth. And so, we look at what we seek, we look at the goals we strive toward, and what our Uh, object of worship is. If we believe that we are the children of God but our thoughts circle around earthly and perishable wealth then what we are seeking is money and what we are worshiping is mammon. Proverbs 23 7 for as he thinks in his heart so is he. Imperishable wealth consists in the goals of God, consisting in the work of the redemption of our spirit, our soul and the adoption of our body. This is where true wealth is. imperishable wealth can make our body wealthy our spirit and using our spirit will make our soul wealthy and then we can become successful in adopting our body and so i want you to be successful the apostle says but in the renewing of your mind When we make the decision and refuse to depend on perishable wealth and begin to meditate about what imperishable wealth consists of and seek Him in the truth of the resurrection of Christ, we provide the Holy Spirit with the ability to hide or conceal us in Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, 4 If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, <clears throat> not on things of the earth. For you you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. So for us to appear with Him in glory, then of course the Lord needs to be revealed to us in redemption of our spirit, soul, and body. The Lord doesn't have anything against uh, uh, wealth or money that's on earth. That we d- drive a good car, he doesn't have an issue with this, he, and so he doesn't want it to be the priority or or equal to the wealth that is his. That is the spiritual or imperishable wealth,
1: <clears throat> and
2: so the imperishable wealth, which also includes the body. Fourth question What is armor in the form of the breastplate of righteousness? And in what way are we called to utilize the armor of the breastplate of righteousness in the evil day against the wiles of the devil? The breastplate of righteousness is confessing the faith of our hearts, stating who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, and who we are to God in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Romans three twenty through twenty six. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace and through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God set forth as a... Appropriation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Romans 3.20-26 Confessing who we are to God in Jesus Christ we turn the silver of our justification to profit received from God freely by grace and when our investment turns into profit which is into the fruit of our spirit we then are clothed into the breastplate of righteousness and so we receive righteousness when we're clothed into righteousness this is this breastplate of righteousness. And so the fruit that is grown by us from the seed, this is this breastplate of righteousness. To turn the silver of justification to profit so that we can be clothed into the breastplate of righteousness is counting yourself dead to sin and living for God in Jesus Christ and proclaiming the not existent stronghold of life within our body as existent. The breastplate of righteousness, how it is shown, Abraham was, uh, it was accounted to him as righteousness. It is written, what did he do that the Lord was pleased with him? And so he told him, he received righteousness, and he says, grow into righteousness in this righteousness. And so we can't grow in this righteousness if the Lord doesn't account this righteousness to us now. Because we're not moving in the, the, that in a, in a horizontal way, or just down and uh, going all the way upward. And so we pray, we give our tithe, we go to church, we don't miss, we condemn those that are not like us. And we force everyone to dedicate as much as I do. This doesn't happen with God. Here's justification. The Lord accounts as righteousness. To us our righteousness now we humility with a humble heart, we... Get to his or achieve our perfection in him. That's how we work. There's the religious, and then there's and there's Christ's um, form of growth that we 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 go through. It's written that the locust had an armor, and the the they had wings, and they were so loud as the noise of chariots. They, there it's showing a very different type of armor. There's a armor of the righteous and then there's a false uh, armor of false of those that are false righteous. They're not true, legitimately righteous. And so he had metal uh, armor. Th- this is someone who does not judge himself. The righteous one he judges himself and when he judges himself he condemns in this case, the world by judging himself. And so, the locust that it uh, talks about in scripture that came from hell and its wings uh, ma- make a great noise like chariots, and this noise is produced by its wings. And it, they also had tails like scorpions, and in their tails, they had venom. And they had power to harm people five months. And so you need to become free of this locust. If we're a carnal, that means we have this locust. They have tails. And in these tails, there's venom. And the only thing it does is to hurt their na- their neighbor. We need to become, we get rid or be rid of this locust so that we can be clothed into the... A uh, uh, breastplate of righteousness. Fifth question: What is armor in the form of shoes on our feet, and in what way are we called to utilize this armor of shoes on our feet in the evil day against the wiles of the devil? Shoes on our on our feet identify our preparation to bring the gospel of peace to the world. This is our ability to be a light to the world. Matthew five fourteen and sixteen. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill, cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. When light shines in the darkness, darkness is not able to take take it or to overcome it. At the same time, the light always overcomes any darkness. Even a little candle, a small little candle, uh, immediately defeats the darkness we need to know that being in the state of spiritual infancy or in a carnal state, we are not able to be a light, that it's referring to here. Because in such a state, we are attracted by various winds of doctrine, by the trickery of men, and cunning craftiness of deception. Because of this, we are not able to receive what comes from God, because we consider it to be foolishness, and are not able to comprehend spiritual things, because they are spiritually discerned. As it is written, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 16, But the natural man, this is one that does not have shoes on his feet, he is not a light. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2, 14-16 If we do not leave spiritual infancy, we will not be able to cleanse our conscience from dead works and consequently will not be able to receive the Holy Spirit into our heart as the Lord and Master of our life. Being in such a state, when it comes to virtue and serving God, we will be evil in God's eyes and we then will be carriers of the wiles of the devil. It's necessary for us to put shoes on our feet, be a light to the world, the light of Christ, as it is written in Scripture, <clears throat> you can't hide a city that is on a hill, and so, uh, or as the candle in a household, and so a candle on a lampstand, or on a, can- on a candlestick. That's uh, but people who are trying to be a projector in their house. so and so, he, and so uh, reading this we, I present this just as the as our uh, pastor has presented it here's how I uh, how I read it but of course sometimes in regular uh, communication or conversation um, I will speak maybe differently I won't be as a projector so to say I'll be as the candle that is referring to here with a soft light and not be as such a religious projector in your house if uh, symbolically speaking but is that a a soft lit candle Sixth question, what is armor in the form of the shield of faith and in what way are we called to utilize the armor of the shield of faith in the evil day against the wiles of the devil? The shield of faith is confessing the faith of God abiding within our heart in the form of the oath promises of God. The fiery darts of the wicked one which can be silenced with the shield of faith is the word accusing us of what we have not done and what we have done but feel bad about and have repented for. And so this is what the fire darts of the wicked ones do. They accuse us in what we have not done and also what we have done but we're, have repented for and the sin that was already thrown into hell. Psalm 57, 2-4 I will cry out to God Most High, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword of course we need this not to be within the church that there not be these kinds of teeth as spears and arrows and tongue as a sharp sword the word shield in the relationship of god and man in scripture is presented as a protector and as a living safety or protection which the scriptures ascribe um, to and describe as military weaponry and the purpose or the price of such a shield is called by God to protect us as good warriors of Jesus Christ fighting for his interests against several types of enemy in the form of curses that are produced by sin and so what is this protection or living protection? First, protection from the wrath of God. This is the holy wrath of God. He, his shield, protects us from his wrath. Protection from the the deception of the evil one, protection from the evil and slanderous tongue, protection from the sinful conduct passed on to us from our fathers, protection from the curse of illness, protection from the curse of poverty, and protection from the curse of untimely death. Considering this, all the acts of God that relate to protecting man from curses are the shield of God and are accomplished by God collaborating with man and scripture clearly identifying, in scripture it clearly identifies both the role of God and the role of man in this effort. And so the Lord is our shield. It says, take the shield of faith. This is, as we have heard, this is, correctly collaborating with the living shield of faith if I don't collaborate with God and say Lord you are my shield and how does he become my shield when I collaborate with him according to scripture and I know that I need this protection from first protecting me from God's uh, righteous wrath David said even if you conceal me in hell and then would remember me it would still be good for me he covers from God uh, this is while the wrath of God is being expressed he says and you hide me there it will be good for me if you hide me in the death of the Lord in the baptisms until this wrath your wrath passes the houses that had the blood on the doorposts and the lintel The wrath of God passed them by, passed by these places. They were hiding. Who was Israel hiding from? They were hiding from God's wrath. And the wrath of God struck all of the Egyptians, the firstborn that were in Egypt. Why? They never preached in their churches that the living uh, shield is necessary to protect us from the wrath of God in the blood blood of Jesus Christ and his death. If and so Job says, if you would have hidden me in until uh, many of the prophets actually spoke in similar terms, uh, if you would hide me and then remember me, Jesus. Also, when he knew that the Lord had given him a time frame and he told the disciples that I will be betrayed and given over to the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees, and in the third day I will be res- I will resurrect. What was he saying? He was confess. He was confessing. He was talking about the time frame also with, uh, that the Lord has planned for him. Seventh question: What is armor in the form of the helmet of salvation, and in what way are we called to utilize this armor of the helmet of salvation in the evil day against the wiles of the devil? The helmet of salvation serving as protection from our Protection for our head from the wiles of the devil is our obedience and following the words of the person who possesses the virtue of a father of God. The helmet protects our head from any kind of attack or strike of false truth or evil word. And so, how do we protect our head? When we are obedient and follow the words of the person who is clothed into the virtue of a father of God. Psalm 91, 1 through 4, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. A person who does not acknowledge the authority of the person placed by God over himself, and instead chooses for himself the person who would deceive his uncircumcised ear, is not able to have the helmet of salvation, and is condemned to eternal death, which he will only realize once he ends up on the wrong side of the beach of the river of time in eternity. 2 Corinthians one twenty. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us, through the apostles. This is how the Helmet of Salvation, we collaborate with it. We agreed to see in this all armor of God how our relationship with the scriptures and how our mouth utilizes the word so that our mouth not be the venom of a scorpion so that we not curse but bless the inheritance of God. there are illnesses, weaknesses, depressions, there's a
1: long list of
2: issues. And so there are large businesses as we know that exist and people work there sometimes are very unhappy with their bosses. And so they actually have in certain places and even Asian places where they go and they go in and they have somewhere where they can actually release a lot of their anger and frustration and come out uh, feeling better. And in, in other words, to say that they have someone they need to still be humble in front of and obey whether they're happy or not with them. And so If a person does not have a helmet on his head, then the first strike, then he will be uh, destroyed, as we as we can imagine. Eighth question: What is armor in the form of the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and in what way are we called to utilize the armor of the sword of the spirit in the evil day against the walls of the devil? By itself, the speaking apparatus of a man is the command post of all of his essence, like the rudder of a ship, which directs the ship to its just to its destination placed by God, overcoming any storms and waves that get in its way. For we all stumble in many ways and many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. James 3 through 4 three two four. The sword of the Spirit as the Word of God is the format of the Word of God that is imprinted upon the tablets of our heart in the form of the oath promises of God, upon the condition that we strictly and firmly hold on to these promises, proclaiming them as the trust of the faith of our heart. And so then the word of God turns into a sword for us. Hebrews four twelve fourteen, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. When we confess the faith of God abiding in our heart, our words and power become equivalent to the power of the word of God coming out of the mouth of God. Psalm 127, 3-5 Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. And so, he transformed the word of God into a sword. He continued to proclaim and st- and. Uh, firmly stood upon the confessions that he spoke, the confessions of the Word of God. If we don't do this, uh, if we don't hold fast, if we don't hold strong to the words of God, we don't have the right to this sword. The Word of God needs to first perform its work within us, and it, as a two-edged sword, uh, penetrates the very deepest part of us. And how deeply the word of God affects us, the very deep part of us. We have agreed to confess the faith of our heart. And this is not what we necessarily just like or don't like or may be attractive uh, to us or not. Because if that's the case, then uh, this person obviously has confused where uh, where they have come. To confess the word of God, you, the word of God needs to penetrate to the very depths of us, the depths of our spirit and judge the very intentions and the thoughts of a person. And it will it will be painful. And it is as it will be sweet in the mouth, but then bitter in the stomach. How important it is. Uh, for God, using the sword to penetrate our heart, and when he penetrates our heart, it is a two-edged, two-edged sword, then from our heart, then we confess the sword against our enemies. Ninth question. What is armor in the form of speaking in tongues, and in what way are we utilized the armor of speaking in tongues in the evil day against the wiles of the devil? To reiterate, by itself, the speaking apparatus of man is the command post of all of his all of his, all of his essence, like the rudder of a ship, which directs the ship to its destination, placed by God, overcoming any storms and waves that get in its way. Speaking in tongues is the language of the Holy Spirit given to our new sp- new person, which uses our uses our mouth to express its sacred thoughts before God in words which are not accessible or comprehensible to our mind. Speaking in tongues is the unique unique ability to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, where a person receives the unique ability to be led by the Holy Spirit, but unfortunately rarely is anyone using this opportunity. A person who is not filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, where he would be able to be led by the Holy Spirit, cannot be faithful or a faithful witness of god to represent the rights and interests of god but also cannot be or be called a son of god romans 8 11 through 14 but if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raises christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you therefore brethren we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if you this, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live for as many as are led by the spirit of God those are the sons of God Romans 8 11 through 14 however before we are able to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit or be led by the Holy Spirit it is necessary for us to receive the Holy Spirit by being baptized by the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a unique in its nature ability to speak or to to utter the mysteries of God in tongues something that not not man or demonic spirits are able to infiltrate. Speaking in tongues is always and unchangingly a result of being baptized by the Holy Spirit. The calling and purpose of speaking in tongues as a whole focuses on give, is focused on giving our spirit the opportunity to communicate with God and grow in knowledge about God into full measure of growth in Christ to realize our partaking to God by partaking to his nation. <clears throat> And in this way, make us witnesses of Christ in the allocated for us by God time and boundaries of our promise. Considering this, the calling and purpose of speaking in tongues fulfills its purpose only when we understand their purpose and practice it as a tool of prayer in accordance to the norms implemented in scripture. Acts 2, two through four. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. The general importance of language, and especially speaking in in tongues, is underlined in Scripture as the only opportunity to to be justified and abide with God, or be condemned to eternal suffering. <clears throat> as it is written in Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat a, eat of its fruits. Matthew 12, 36, 37 But I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. A very important component of of speaking in tongues. Idle words are words that are not the faith of the heart, for which man will inherit the lake of fire, burning with fire and brimstone, because he had the audacity to confess with his mouth that which is not in his heart. And we talked about what we need to do for the word of God to fall into our heart. We need to take the sword and allow it to penetrate the very depths of our heart, so that we can confess this word not as idle words but as the faith of our heart. What will the sword do with our mind, with our heart, with our intentions, how deeply it goes? We need to never forget that our words spoken with our mind as well as with our mouth are our snare or net which we weave with the words of our mouth and into which afterwards we fall into or are caught into for it is very important to know the nature of snare or net that we are catching ourselves into. It is the net of the kingdom of heaven or is it the net of the evil one? And this includes speaking in tongues. Paragraph six, two: You are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken by the words of your mouth. This is the simple prayer, praying or uh, praying in tongues. If our heart is not cleansed from dead works, and so how can it be cleansed from dead works if we don't want the sword to penetrate the very depths of my heart and the intentions? I want them to. He- I only want to hear things that deceive my ear to be caressed with feathers, to- so that it be soft and and not uh, not offensive to me, as it were. And so we, our heart is cleansed from dead works as we hear this word of God even today. And so I want to again uh, just say that I'm reading the words of our pastor and the notes of our pastor. And when I say I or me, I it is definitely referring to our pastor, not myself personally. If our heart is not cleansed from dead works our words that are spoken both with our mind as well as with our mouth will always be idle words and will always be entrapping or catching us into nets of the evil one therefore prayer in tongues is beneficial only when our conscience is cleansed from dead works when we are instructed in faith only because of proper utilization of the armor of speaking in tongues we become worshippers of god in our spirit and fulfillers of his will which is focused on realizing the promises of God belonging to the door of our hope, called to be the condition and guarantee for meeting the Lord in the air. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 8. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away and so we need to demonstrate this love of god so that we so that the lord can do something through us and in this final aspect i underlined some importances for our heart to be prepared for prayer whether we pray in our natural tongue or the uh, language uh, the the holy language um, how much we've allowed the word of god to penetrate our heart if there are dead works there, then by speaking in tongues, we're catching ourselves into snares. The praying in tongues is unique. This is the moment where we can pray at any time with about all the saints. And so how do you pray about all the saints or for all the saints? To pray in tongues with the Spirit, all the time praying in Spirit about all the saints considering there are many saints and how do you pray for all the lord gave the unique ability to speak in tongues and a person who does not have the ability to speak in tongues i I have some disappointing news for you you cannot pray for all people you can pray uh, for yourself or maybe those under your responsibility but you're very limited And, of course, this also applies to those who do know uh, the scriptures or or do know uh, how to speak in tongues, but uh, forget the very reason for it and how to correctly u- use it and to use it. And so when I have righteousness in my heart and, and I speak in tongues, the Lord uses our tongue to do something in this world, to destroy uh, the Soviet Union. There were some people who spoke they needed spe- specific God needed specific people who knew how to speak in tongues to uh, gather and destroy these strongholds of socialism. They stood upon uh, the central place of, of KGB and they prayed and the, 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 the uh, representatives of KGB uh, let them. And and they took they, they took hold of each other's hands. They prayed, and and so and these were not people that were uh, uh, Slavic. These were Ukrainian, Russian people. These were actually people from this country. And so, for the truth to be able to fall into our heart, it needs to go the, to the very depths again of our heart. And the the sword, once it, it's there, it will begin to help renew our mind, and then we will utilize our mouth as a sword, and the sword will be then directed against our enemies. Jesus will, with the sword of his mouth, kill the Antichrist. The word of God is transformed into the words of the teacher. The words of the teacher that corrects me is transformed into my heart uh in my heart as the sword and then it humbles my mind because I renew my mind and then the renewed mind uh that then confesses this truth and strikes my enemy. As a uh, quite a a, a, st- a process and several steps that happen before uh it strikes your enemy. Let us uh pray. Lord, we thank you that you are our, our strength and our rock and our fortress. You are our deliverer. You are the one who has delivered us from all forms of, of from all curses, from a timely death. Thank you that you are our rock upon which we trust. All of our hope and our trust is in you. We thank you that you are our shield and we hide ourselves in you. You are the horn of our salvation, and you are our stronghold. I thank you with your saints upon this holy place, a place where the remembrance of your name is present. We know that the enemy, using lawless and wicked people, more than once has tried to destroy this place, take this place. But you have kept the memory of your name here and remembrance of your name. And you wanted upon this place your word and life and resurrection to be proclaimed. You have given us this great ability to the opportunity to gather together because you have become our stronghold and you are our strong tower. We coming here have decided to become free of any stronghold of deception or any any other hiding place or secretive place to hide away that is not you. We have decided to open ourselves to your word and we thank you that this sword, this two-edged sword penetrates our heart, our spirit, our soul, our mind and can uh, judge the intentions and thoughts we have in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have not just placed your seal, but also the remembrance of your name, but you allow us to also have this remembrance you've you've placed this holy seal upon us, and so may all that are unrighteous depart from you from your presence. We have decided to depart from all unrighteousness. We have made the decision to put off our former way of life, the old man who grows corrupt according to his deceitful lusts. We are ready to deny ourselves and take your cross and follow you. We thank you that we have made the decision to uh, reject all that is evil and choose what is good, to turn away from idols and serve the only and one and true God, to cast off of ourselves all burden and sin that binds us, so that we have the right to to be clothed into the garments of salvation for which we thank you. We thank you for this linen that is clean and bright, for the garments of righteousness. For the uh, crown of, of a groom and the adornment of a bride. You clothe us into your into into your truth, into your and you keep us in your perfect peace. You have created this atmosphere of perfect peace in this church and you've created this perfect peace the atmosphere of your perfect peace in our strong spirit you said that the strong in spirit is the one that you keep in perfect peace and you have allowed us to possess this great atmosphere you have allowed us today to be planted in the house of the lord to be planted in your house and we thank you for this right to be planted in your house and this happens when we thank you for justification freely that we've received in the redemption that is in jesus christ and the heavens become our house we thank you that you've allowed us to be an organic member of your body the body of jesus christ you are zion the chosen by god remnant you have allowed us to become an organic member of the virtuous wife and the narrow gate we have begun to possess the same characteristics of the narrow gate when we walked through them and you allowed us to have a humble and contrite spirit that trembles before your word we thank you that today you show your mercy and you give us a loan these great and precious promises you give to us we thank you father for your son jesus christ we thank you for these three breads three loaves, the the salvation for our spirit soul and body and today we have received it into our spirit, and we pray that our spirit that represents the interest of the Lord Jesus would be able to give this loan and this revelation to our soul and our mortal body. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful promise that is in our spirit today. We pray that you allow that this promise would expand from our spirit to our soul and then became a seal within our body we thank you for your mercy we thank you that we can walk in your ways the ways that david walked so that you can establish our house as you did establish david's kingdom in his time you established his his rule and his house and we pray that you establish our rule so that the accuser would stop uh Questioning our rights to you. Allow Lord us to close his mouth when we, in the evil day that comes to us and could have already come to us, would be able to confess the faith of our heart, confess the faith of our heart and count ourselves dead to sin, living for God, proclaiming the not existent stronghold of incorruption as existent in our body thank you that the stronghold of life already is in our spirit the stronghold of life and resurrection already exists in our soul but our body continues to suffer to be ill to be weak we see in this evil day that today is visiting your saints in this day this evil day you would give us victory <clears throat> and victory to your saints, to your children, so that the devil not have any right to assume our body, so that the stronghold of death, which was once, which once had legitimate right to our body, we would be able to uh, thrust him out from within our body with noise, and the stronghold of life would take its place, the stronghold of resurrection. Thank you for our pastor, for our father, for the person who has passed on to us these precious truths, these promises that belong to the door of our hope, the promise of the resurrection of life within our body. We know that the enemy is not happy that you have passed on this revelation to us from this person, but we know that this revelation is in his body, and we, together with him today, thank uh, for his body as well as ours, that the resurrection of Christ has been established in our body. May your healing be established. May your godly spring be established and your life, eternal life, be erected in our bodies. We thank you and we confirm this today. That, And we say that not someone else's eyes, but our eyes will see the glory of God within our mortal body. May this great sign be shown. May it be shown so that all of your enemies the accusers would be sh- ashamed before your face. We pray that you shame your enemies, and would show the power of your covenant, the power of your covenant, the promise that you have promised, uh, the promise that you had given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the God, not the God of the dead, but the God of the living, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of resurrection. the spirit soul and body and we come to you today and we turn to you in the name of your son Jesus Christ you are the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and we thank you that we know about this and we have concealed this truth in our heart and we pray that you show the power of life because you are not the God of the dead but God of the living may your life fill as its filled our spirit and soul let it fill our body We thank you for this right to possess to to be to clothe ourselves into the breastplate of righteousness so we can confront all of the works of the devil in this evil day. Allow us to protect ourselves from all the wiles of the devil that are targeted at depriving us of what you've given to us but we will not give this promise up we hold on to it firmly you said that when you see that we confidently and firmly hold on to your promise and we are convinced that it's just not us but but you also are established in your word we know this and that you you will make this known in judgment we have within our heart this quality of a rock of your truth in our heart and we prayed that you establish your promise as we today proclaim the same thing that we proclaim uh, resur- the resurrection of life within our body we thank you for the stronghold of life and resurrection for this great promise that belongs to the door of our hope you've allowed us today to being in this place to confirm our salvation by confessing it with our mouth. We thank you for this great breastplate of righteousness, being able to confess who you are to us, what you've done to us, and what uh who we are to you and what do we need to do to inherit all that you have given to us. Thank you for the shield of faith that it can protect us from the fiery darts of the wicked one. And we hide, we cover in your blood and we thank you for the blood of your son Jesus Christ we thank you for the fact that you have kept our mind and have has, you have given to us the helmet of salvation you've saved our renewed mind we have received your word your preached word from your messenger and we thank you for the word we received and receiving this word into our heart and renewing our mind with the spirit of our mind you cover our head our our mind with your safety with your protection and we thank you for this protection we pray about the sword of the spirit which is the Word of God and we pray that you allow that our mouth become the sword the spiritual sword but for this we heard the word today about your sword and we prayed that the sword <coughs> this word would be able to do its work in our heart would be able to do its work in our soul and our mind and would be able to discipline our mouth and because of the gentleness of the confessions of our mouth it would become a tool used against our enemies. We thank you for this sword that will strike also the Antichrist and all his army. This sword is what you will use to thrust out the old man with noise and the stronghold of death from within our bodies, and for this, allow us to be able to open up this great promise within ourselves until that time. Receive, so we received the right to possess the sword in our gentle ma- mouth or tongue, because if you won't find the sword in our gentle mouth, we will not be able to confessing the faith of our heart to thrust out the old man or the stronghold of death from within our body. And so when we pray that when this event will take place. Allow this event to take place within the bodies of your people so that the Antichrist in the form of the old man would be able to be thrust out into hell. May this work be done, this victory. But it will not happen until you allow the times of trial to happen when all the promises that were received in the format of the Seed and everything we receive in the format of the Seed and, and the Holy Spirit too would become our fruit together with the Holy Spirit who will at this time become the Lord and Master of our life we thank you Lord that the Holy Spirit will instead of becoming a guest will become the Master of our life because our bodies will become the Temple in which the Lord desires to dwell. We thank you for these revelations. We thank you for the word that you have given to us. And we ask that you fill our pastor brother Akati with the ability to preach the word of God to us and being in shackles as Paul once was. He said that he is in shackles, but he continues to boldly trust upon God and continues to be a messenger of God even in shackles. We pray that and so that the person of God as well as all people who are going through difficult times and are in need, in have different types of trouble and weakness. Who confess the faith of their heart, you say that this is a work that we're doing while being in shackles, the work, your work that we're doing. And so we pray for all these people, we bless all these people from your holy place. And we pray that all their enemies and our enemies and the Lord's enemies be shamed before the Lord. And may death be devoured by God's victory. And may the name of the Holy God be blessed. The God, Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit upon this place. Our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen and let us finish with our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling